Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Together to talk about all the things we used to do. The laughs, the passions, the little Sebastians, the pets we fell into. And we're putting it all in a podcast. Then we'll send it up into the sky. We're calling it Parks and Recollection. Come on, little podcast, spread your wings and fly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. I am Rob Lowe, and I do have a very, very, very special announcement. A lot of people say that. They say it on commercials. They say it. Everybody has a special announcement. Everybody's got something special to say. I promise you, when I'm done with this announcement, you will go, that was kind of special. And the announcement is this. We are now joined officially by the great Jim O'Hare and Greg Levine. They are going to steer this ship better than the captain of the Titanic. I promise that. <laughs> Welcome, guys. It's great to have you on board. Hello, Mr. Hey, Rob. Rob. It's so great to be here. I have been a fan of what you guys have been doing. Um, everyone knows I do love Parks and Recreation and uh, what you and Alan have done. And Greg, because I hear Greg a lot on these shows, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, so uh, I big shoes to fill, but I'm going to do what I can. You know, Greg, we think, is the secret weapon. Um he, he's like the Wizard of Oz. He really he's is. Like, you don't really yeah. see him very much, but when he talks, you sit up and listen. Yeah, yeah. He's like Oz. He, Greg Oz <laughs> Levine. And, and Jim, no one's more <laughs> beloved on a show of beloved characters than, than Jerry Gergich. How many names did Jerry have eventually? Jerry, Gary, Larry, Terry, and even Barry, Barry. from uh, uh, Johnny Karate. That's right. Yeah. But I believe it's always been Gergich. It has always been Gergich, although Gergich has been spelled differently. Oh, I'm sure. So has Gary. <laughs> yes, that's right. G-E-R-R-G-A-R-Y. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm a blessed dude. Uh, the Jerry, Gary, whatever the hell name character um, has become um, what people consider like just the sweetest damn person in the whole world. And then they meet yeah. me. Yes, and that's right. And that's another right. issue. reality hits. For, for those of you who 
don't know. You know, um, Jim went directly to prison after we wrapped. <laughs> directly, and, uh, yes. But I think you've rehabilitated yourself well, uh, and you're you can almost live up to your on screen reputation now. I'm very proud of what I've done uh, in prison. I, I took it serious. <laughs> I, you're not uh, proud of what got you there, are you? I am proud of what got oh, me okay. there, <laughs> and there's every chance I'll be going back. Oh, and uh, <laughs> okay, well, I made some friends. Let's just say that I made some friends. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm I'm terrified now to be in the studio with you. <laughs> you should be. When did I do the one that I did with you guys? It was it was early. Oh, it was early. It's early it was, on in season early two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was so much fun. And where was I? I was out of. Oh, do you know that? Do you know the craziness you caused? What have I done? So during the episode, I was out of town, and I, I, it was doing. I was doing Better Call Saul, but you couldn't. I wasn't allowed to say that. Oh right. So whatever I say, whatever about. Well, I'm in. I think I did say I was in uh, Arizona or, or New Mexico or whatever. Where the hell that place shot? And you said yes. Uh, Jim's doing something. We can't say what it is, but it rhymes with bar wars. So you just make this random off the cover. Well, Google my name with Mandalorian because everybody assumed I was shooting the Mandalorian. And it got to the point where they called my agents and saying there's so much hype about this. Would Jim consider doing a spot on Mandalorian? No. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, but I haven't done it. But I was All like, right. yes, of course I would consider doing it. But that's from that one little comment. Oh, my uh, God. Well, it rhymes with Bar Wars, whatever you said. Yeah. The internet, as it does yeah. its thing, yeah. it took it from that to me doing Mandalorian. And I even to the point where I was doing, uh, I was at some charity thing in Chicago like a couple months ago, and this guy comes up and he goes, when are you going to be on The Mandalorian? They go, dude, that's not happening. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I'm playing The Mandolin. But I'm not on Yeah, but that killed me. I'm that, doing the orchestra for The Mandalorian. I, you know, but I'm really excited, Rob. I know this is, um, you know, you guys have been doing this and you know it, and I'm terrified and excited, all of the above. Because you guys have done it so well. Well, we we could not be um, passing the baton to to. Two more qualified, hilarious people. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, 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 I'm still going to be lurking in the wing. You're never going to know. I think it's going to be fun because you're never going to know when I'm going to show up. <laughs> oh, I like which that. Which is mm. makes it much more interesting than going. I know I'm going to hear that. That's <laughs> like him, Rob Lowe exactly. again, like podcast herpes. If you yes, know. yes, yeah, he will just... You never know when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when it's there, you can't deny its presence. Yeah, I love well, that. Well, but then it would also have to be that I would show up at the most inopportune times. Mm. See, but I'm going to show up at the opportune. Thank you. Times. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. It's an I'm honor. All of a sudden, I felt I know, like I, pretty... I didn't have to be nervous, and now yeah. I really am. Yeah, he has a key to your house, right? Yeah, but yeah. that's a whole different thing. Okay. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are starting off with season four. Wow, season four, episode one. I'm Leslie Nope, directed by. Troy Miller, great movie director, and written by one of our favorites, Dan Gore. Uh, Jimmy, take it away. Tell us what this is about. I'm so excited to be reading the blurb. Leslie is torn between her feelings. See, oh, wait, you've already messed up. Oh, you've I, already well, messed that's up. It. Okay, well, let's see who else is here's available. The, here's the problem. Call Retta. <laughs> see what Retta's doing. Yeah, yeah. Here's what you do, Jim. What do I do? Teach, don't, Rob, teach it, me. Teach don't me. Don't acknowledge don't acknowledge that you're reading. Oh, so I'm just thinking of this offhand. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, no, you're right. He's There's right. no blurb. No, There's no, no, no. prep. This is just all from your <laughs> memory. Okay, let me think. I did. So about- let me try it again. Yeah, Here we sure, go, Jim. sure, sure. So, Jim, you remember this in detail, I'm sure, right? What, oh, tell gosh. me about this episode. God, I don't know, Rob. Can I piece it all together? Well, uh, from my memory, Leslie, I believe, is torn there you, go. you know, between her feelings for Ben and her dreams of running for public office. If I remember, 
Ron braces mm. himself for the arrival of his first wife, and that was Tammy One, that's right, uh, by running from his problems and hiding at his cabin in the woods. Your yes. memory is, that, is just is unbelievable. My pretty good. Impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, we should start talking about some of the specifics from the episode. Some of, some of the highlights are nopes notes, if you will. When Ron grabs his go bag out of the air duct, and there's the note on the back saying that it's specific to Tammy <laughs> One. First of all, I love that Ron has a go bag. I'm a big fan of go bags. Um, I don't have one. I should have one. And I always kind of like, when I'm bored or falling asleep late at night, I like to think about, what would I have in my go bag? Mm. Wow. I don't have a and, go bag and, either. Um, do we do we actually see what what Ron has in the go bag? I don't remember. You don't see specifically. I think you see that it's packed full and right in it. We see the Tammy One sign. Um, but what I love about it is that if it's specific to Tammy One, it makes me think that there are other go bags strategically yes. placed oh, throughout City Hall for any number of maladies to come his yeah, way. And there's not just a go bag at the office. There's a go bag everywhere Ron is. Is my guess because he never knows when a Tammy's going to show up. Yeah, absolutely. so that wasn't the only goal. Well, that's bag. a great point. Yeah. He wants. It's like at Disneyland. There's always a uh, a trash can within a certain distance of any person. <laughs> yes. He always has to go back within always has any his distance of where he is in City Hall. That's great. He can smell a Tammy a mile away. The other good thing about this uh, episode, well, there's so many good, but but this is the the big dick pick storyline, <laughs> and it was right around the time that Anthony Weiner. You can't make it up. Yeah. With 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 the luxury of time. It's almost like, no, there wasn't really a guy named Anthony Weiner yeah, that, yeah. that ruined his career with a dick. You, you, like, it, but it happened, didn't it? it? Happened. And, it, and we did it on our show. It truly happened. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> then we also have in the scene where Leslie and Ann are talking in Ann's office, the computer bag that was a gift from Mark in season one. No, season two is visible in this Mark. Boy. Uh, no, was that a writer's choice to put that on there? Or I don't think so. I, I've, I've reread the script and there's no mention of it. I, I highly doubt that in prep, one of the writers said, let's let's bring that in. But what I love about our crew is that there's such a great love of the world that was built out of in Parks and Rec sure. of Pawnee that you see little, just thoughtful, funny choices by them to put the bag in there. You'll see signs, you'll see a mouse rat poster for a concert maybe that happened a year before that. Yeah. I, I love that Brilliant. about the crew. Yeah. What else do you remember about this uh, episode, Jimbo? Does anybody call you Jimbo? Oh, God, yeah. I get Jimbo all the time. Jimmy, Jimbo, and Jim. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, Jimmy horse's Jim? ass and, you know, some of the basics, but <laughs> loser. Whatever, yeah. just when I'm walking outside. Yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's with your family. That's when that's you're with family. family. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I think they're just being, it's like they're loving little things, right? Do people call yes. either of you by character names when they see you? Or, or do you get Jim? Or Rob is Rob. Famous, yeah. oh, I, super famous from everything. So he's Rob, I think, I would imagine. Uh, well, that's pretty much true. But every once in a while, I actually love it when somebody calls me by one of the characters because, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of them and you, it, you just never know what resonates. I'm not kidding you. The other day I was surfing. It was super big out. I was on a wave and somebody else, hey, Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, he's, he's just complimenting how well it's worked for you. Exactly. Rob. Yeah. I, I didn't see you out there. I must have missed that wave. Um, the, uh, yeah, you're not going to remember this, but one of the, uh, episodes we were shooting, I, I, I believe it was, um, Freddie Spaghetti, but mm. I could be wrong. But anyway, so my family, oh, one of my favorites, yeah, my family was out visiting and I have two nieces with the time I'm going to say, I'm going to say 15, 16. I, I, I don't know exactly. Roughly that was their age. And so they're all excited to meet the cast, you know, and they're all excited, whatever, whatever. 
They meet you. And again, I, I don't expect you to remember this. They both got teary-eyed. And I, so whatever. It was a love. Of course, you were lovely and everybody was lovely. And we took pictures and, and it was it couldn't have been nicer. But I said to them later, not to knock you, but there were 14, 15, 16-year-old girls like, you've met everybody. You've met Amy and Pratt and, mm. and, and Adam and Retta. And, and like, he was the one. They go, we've just loved him forever. And they got emotional again. But of course, because some of the movies you have done that are still super, Sweet. super popular. And then That's my sweet. sister said to you, do women still cry when they meet you or something? And you said, well, not, they do not as much as they used to, but yeah, they do. And she just <laughs> thought that was the sweetest thing in the whole world. And, um, anyway, you made their day. I mean, you really oh, made their day and it just blew me away. Nothing, nothing against you. Like, well, why are you crying for Rob? I just thought their age range, me. they would have no concept. Well, they had a huge concept of who you were. So yeah, you are through the ages, my friend. It's sweet. It's sweet, and I, I will tell you that it continues. And the reason it continues is this show. Mm. This this show, not a day goes by where it's kids, yeah. kids yeah. losing their shit mm-hmm. because of this show. Yeah. So I'm grateful to you for being in it. We should talk about this episode. We should yeah. talk about this show and jump into our synopsis. Do you guys you feel, yeah. are we itching? Are we ready? I'm itching. I'm, I'm ready. ready. Um, so taking place later the same night as the season three finale, Leslie tells Anne that she was approached by William and Elizabeth, the political scouts who recommended that she run for office. And Leslie's conflicted about running due to her romantic relationship with Ben, which would cause a possible scandal since he is assistant city manager. Now, meanwhile, upon learning that his first ex-wife, Tammy, Tammy One, we'll call her, played by Patricia Clarkson, has arrived in town, Ron grabs an emergency survival bag, the go bag we talked about from the air duct in the hallway, and flees to live in the wilderness for 180 days. All the days he's why accrued. 180? Yes. I think it's why, the— why, what was, I'm pretty what sure was it's the about? days that he accrued. He's been saving them for a moment such as this. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. I have a little bit of trivia of the great Patricia Clarkson, who uh, I'm sure a lot of you know, but if you don't, she's one of our most accomplished, amazing, throwdown Tiffany actors. Mm. Been in everything. Um, not only has she been in everything, she was in the delivery room when my son was born. Wow. I don't. Now, she played the doctor. She was so believable. <laughs> You're like, let her in. Let her deliver the baby. Um, <laughs> No, my wife was a was a makeup artist at that point in her career and was working with her, mm. and she came to be supportive. And yeah, oh my so that's, gosh, I always that's have the lovely. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. also I don't know how she got in. You know, she became to came to play Tammy one, but I think Nick and Megan had a relationship with her too, outside of mm, the show. Great. That was my understanding. But you know, I don't know if like someone thought of her. But we talked about this when we recorded the last season that we we wrote this character. We knew Tammy one was going to show up. We didn't know who would play her, and it was upon I think casting Patricia and crafting the what the character would be that was a perfect marriage of those two things. No pun intended. Um, but she was incredible. I mean, she is incredible in general, and I think she just killed it on on Parks. We're so lucky. What I love about this episode is that only 90 seconds in, it's at a minute 30. It only took 90 seconds of episode, but we 
This is perfect that you're here now, Jim. We already got <laughs> our first Jerry Ajis oh, of the geez. season. It's when Ron slams into Jerry as he bolts off with this go, go bag. bag. Yeah. And that's what, how we blow into the cold open. It's incredible. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I think we did three takes of that because I got doused with crap food, whatever the hell was <laughs> yes. in my hand three different times. <laughs> uh, and what I, uh, you know, because it was funny when I was watching the episode again, I'm thinking, this is, it's all so familiar. Well, I was there for all of it. Like at first when the ROM thing, I'm thinking, why am I remembering all this? Well, I was right there because all of a sudden there I am getting doused with food. <laughs> uh, but also let me ask, did Ron, why was, what was the episode right before this that Ron's face looked so wonky? Oh, it was, was it the uh, it was, was the it fireball. Little Sebastian? Yeah, the fireball? It was the okay, little so Sebastian it was the fireball, fireball. Yeah. because his eyebrows are still not back. Fully. Yeah, no, he hasn't developed the superpower yet. To just will hair hair yeah. just out yeah. of his body yeah. at any length yeah. at any time. But no, it takes it takes place right at that moment that we break from season three. Um, I love the continuity of that. It keeps the fun going right into the, the premiere. Yeah. And also, I just want to bring out, because poor Jerry, but, um, and everybody, don't don't worry, it won't be all about me just talking about Jerry the whole time, though we really should. Uh, no, but there is, at the beginning of the episode, when Leslie is talking to the consultants behind the glass, because they want to reference Ben that's standing there, since he's going to be the potential problem with her taking on this campaign, Jerry and Ben are having the loveliest conversation. And mm. there are, you can, if you go back and watch, because no one probably looks at this, Ben is laughing. Ben is enjoying Jerry. Mm. So, and as we learn later, Ben is one of the few people who did enjoy Jerry. That's right. <laughs> and so I just think it was the beginning, mm. the beginning of a lovely friendship. Ben also enjoys REM. So <laughs> I'm not saying it was good for him. I but love REM. They're great. <laughs> What's also great about that moment is, um, the you know when Leslie steps out of the room, I love the the door of the wind the window that's in the door says meeting room on it. Yeah. But right next to it is a placard that reads Geographic Information Systems Cooperation. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. That's amazing. <laughs> That is some serious what? corporate gobbledygook. What is a geographic information well, system? Well, it's the GISC, dude. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot yeah, to I mean, spell it out for you. What world are we living in here? Yes, the GISC. Also, I have no clue what it's that a, is. It's a mapping system, obviously. It's a mapping system. That makes sense. You know what? Mm -hmm. What's great about it? In a city like Pawnee, it needs its own room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, shouldn't it be illegal, at least at minimum, unethical for Leslie to be meeting with her campaign consultants in Pawnee City Hall? I mean, absolutely. It's a violation of the Hatch Act. Mm. How about that? Wow. Boom. West Wing. Oh, West God. Wing Four reference. I just feel like that, that's the scandal. <laughs> that she's <laughs> that's the scandal, that's the scandal. Exactly. but no it's and it makes sense obviously the scandal should be about her emotional relationship with Ben it should be on a personal level but on, an, on a series that we took the specificity and rules of government seriously there's the boys club episode in season yeah. one about drinking and accepting gifts this is the real scandal, but I think it obviously makes much more sense for it to be about her relationship with Ben yes and later in the in the series she will not even talk about the campaign in the offices. That's Remember, right. she jumps outside. That's what right. We'll talk about later. But also, I can never get over the fact that there are these people in Pawnee that have this political yeah. power to get somebody like Leslie. Like, who is paying for these people? Where is the money coming from? I know. Dark money. It, it really, you think Pawnee so, has it? Pawnee has dark money, obviously. Pawnee has dark money. Maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe I know. The, we, the hyper-specificity 
of a city like Pawnee having consultants who can do oh, snap man. pulls. Yes. <laughs> snap pulls snap in Pawnee. Push calls. Yes. <laughs> we, you know, we saw your press conference. Um, Ten minutes later, we have information <laughs> exactly. from yeah. the Pawnee public about what their thoughts are on that yeah. specific topic. Yeah. It's incredible. I love it. You know, as we keep going into the episode, we should jump back into the synopsis. Um, yes. So picking up three weeks later, an email with a picture of a man's genitals, as it as it happens, is sent to all of the female employees. And while Chris and Ben investigate, Leslie is sent to do damage control by having a televised interview with reporter Pert Hapley. And just oh, to pause, just to pause to say that I love this moment that when uh, Ben asks Leslie, "Could you do Pert Hapley?" and Donna <laughs> <laughs> slyly replies, "Oh, she could do Pert Hapley." <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie was right with it, like, "Yeah, yeah, good one, Donna, good one." And then says, "Yes, I can have an interview with her." What, what what does Purd? I can't remember what Purd says. Does he? What does he? Because he always crushed it. Purd doesn't understand the dick joke. Uh, oh, he goes. It has the cadence of a joke yes. when he's talking. I didn't to understand her it, but the cadence. It had the cadence of, of a, a joke. joke. Yes, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Jay Jackson, and you know he's a singer. He's a jazz dude. Like he wow. he performs, and he was a newsman in real. Uh, this is real life stuff. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Jay's a great guy. Well, that interview with Purd goes so well that the scouts. Our, our political scouts decide to have Leslie announce her candidacy for city council that Friday rather than their original plan of three months later. Leslie panics because she had been putting off ending things with Ben. Uh, she panics further when Ben presents her with a gift during a romantic dinner out, causing her to flee to the wilderness to hide out with Ron. Because that's how all bad dates end, right? Yes, of course. You run into the woods hope, hoping to never be seen again. Get, get out. And of course, she knew where Ron was. I always liked when we had to do romantic. I like I like how we shot Pawnee. Like there was the sort of, there was obviously the waffle place. JJ's, was, yeah. But, but then when we had to go to like super romantic, highfalutin, you know, sort of like, it was always great because it was like, Really pretty looking, yes. almost. Yes, yes, right? yes. Were, it was always like on Ventura Boulevard yeah. in the valley yes, where we yes, shot yes. everything. Right, like pay no attention to the unexpected foliage of Pawnee, Indiana. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they never gave Jerry that romantic uh, episode, so I don't know about those places. What are you talking about? You had the, you had the most beautiful co-star of anybody on the planet. A- absolutely, but we didn't go to a restaurant. We were either dined in. Don't need to. I wouldn't. Are you kidding to. me? If I had her, I'd never leave my house. <laughs> Christy Brinkley and go to a restaurant. I'd be ordering Grubhub. Here, here's here's a story I tell about Christy Brinkley, Rob, and you can tell me whether I misread the situation or not. One day we're all because she was, as Amy said, she walked in a room and lit it up. Yeah. She just was, did. She's unbelievable. She's just yeah. lit it up. It's that smile and her personality, just a, a special lady. And you know, Rob. You are famously known, at least in my eyes, as a great storyteller. Like, I would just love we'd be in the Winnebago's or whatever, and you're telling stories. I think that's universal. I think it is universal, but I can only speak for me. And, you know, you've met everybody, you know everybody, and and, and I I just love that. Because, first of all, I love Hollywood stories. I could listen to... You know, and not that, not even so much new, give me the old stuff, like in movies you've heard. Anyway, so you're a wonderful storyteller. Well, Christy Brinkley's a pretty great storyteller, too. And I remember oh, yes. one day watching her, listening to her tell a story and looking at you thinking, wow, she has totally mm. got us all engaged. Like you yeah. seemed like you were just as mesmerized as I oh, was. Mm. And you've been around, you've met all these people anyway, but she's really a hell of a storyteller. 
Do you remember what the story was? Because I do. Uh, is it the story about the, the helicopter it was crash? about her surviving yes. a helicopter crash. Yes. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, but in general, she was, she, she has this, there's something about her that you just want to stare mm. and listen. It was just amazing. It's like, I don't know why. She, it was something about her specific skill. She was so interesting and so good at telling just this story about a helicopter crash. Not just that story. She tells all sorts of great stories about her workout machine and how every. Anyway, it goes on and on. But that story was amazing. Like, I'm like, you got to write a book. She was in a helicopter crash. And then there was a kid on the plane and she was comforting him while they thought his mother was dying, if I remember correctly. It, mm. it was, the whole thing was wild. Mm. Yeah. But she's a hell of a storyteller. And I love her. <laughs> and we had a mini yes. reunion at uh, Dancing with the Stars because mm. Kate Flannery, uh, I was there for Kate supporting her and, and Christy was there for her daughter, Sailor. Um, and uh, so we had a little. Well, the Gurgitches are together reunion. forever. Yes, right. they are together forever. Um, what I love about this um, moment at the very end with Leslie running off, and we'll jump back, but when she runs off into the woods to be with Ron, is that Leslie's a character who usually faces her problems head on, right? She'll make multiple binders for us. She'll come with a super plan. She'll have the she'll have a realization, I know how to fix this. And this is a moment where she doesn't. This is a moment where she's running away, where she's hiding from that. And I love that. I think when her problems are more matters of the heart, I don't know, there's this um, there's this kid inside of her, you know, where she's I'm running away from my problems, and it's 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 big, it's brother figure, it's dad figure, it's Ron who's the one who's going to be able to set her straight and say this is how you deal with your problems. I'll never forget my first week of work. I, I I got out of film school and I was a PA at a company, and you know I had I got yelled at and I got to get do all the grocery deliveries. I did all these things, and I remember coming home and I said to my I complained to my parents about it. I said, I went to film school. I, I, I'm a writer. I can do this. And my dad was the one who's like, you know, very, very much like a Ronway said, you know, Greg, I literally had to sweep the floors at my first job. There's a reason that you say you have to go sweep the floors. And there's something about that person setting you straight to say, just kind of face your problems. And we're going to get to that. But I thought yeah. it was such a great choice for storytelling to make uh, Leslie almost scared of what am I going to do? Because it's so anti-Leslie. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also in that scene with Ben, we get another great reference to uh, Leslie calling the bathroom. The Wiz Palace. <laughs> Wiz Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors. No prep, no mess meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush. They have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is Good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 
at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Back to our synopsis. Tom visits the Parks Department with promotional material for his new company, Entertainment 720, that he started with Ben Schwartz's great character, Jean Ralphio. He tries to explain the company and what it does, and while he throws out a lot of words, <laughs> it seems that even he isn't sure what Entertainment 720 does. It's amazing. He offers Andy a job, but Andy turns him down, unsure of where to go with his life. This is the beginning of such a great run. This Entertainment 720 is just one of the great things about this show. It's by the way, can you only imagine if Bitcoin had been a thing uh, when oh. we were making this show? You know, the, these guys would have had, or a bored ape, they would have had their own, I mean, all that's the, That's such a great point. I think we teased it, like we get it in the end of the series when we do some of the, the tech companies, but I mean, Tom and John Ralphio would have had scams up the wazoo. Absolutely. John Ralphio especially. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> But you're so right, Rob. This this storyline with Entertainment 720, like it's going to launch a series of business attempts by Tom. But there's something really special about this one because of how stupid it was from the get go. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, the in in the there's nothing funnier to me in comedy. There's so many sort of classic comedy moves, but there's nothing funnier to me. And when I get to play it, I jump at it. Where it. It's a person who's clearly a moron acting like they know exactly what they're doing. Yes. It's the best. And this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And and I love how he comes walking back into the office and he's throwing swag around. What looks to be expensive (laughs) swag. Expensive, yeah. Like expensive shit. And he is just throwing it all over. They're not making a nickel. You know, when— when Tom comes by, he goes to get a shoe shine from Andy to talk about Entertainment, Entertainment 720, about coming on board. And you'll notice that Tom isn't really wearing shoes that need shining. They're fabric. And so when you cut to it, Andy is just very casually, lazily even, just brushing them. There's a moment where it looks like the brush isn't, <laughs> isn't even touching the well, shoe. it's like a leopard fabric. Yeah, yeah. It's just so... That's just what Andy does. He sits, he talks to people as he shines their shoes. Yeah. Um, and Tom needed to talk to him. Um, and I love that when Tom tells Andy that uh, his all black magnetic business card, oh. black on black print, right? He said black print on black. It's the coolest type of business card. Yeah. Um, when Tom tells him that his, his business card should be kept away from his credit cards because it can destroy them. Uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy says, destroy my credit cards? Debt and everything? Brilliant. If only. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, along the lines of The Office when Michael Scott says um, he's going to declare bankruptcy. Oh, my God. So he just stands up and goes, I declare bankruptcy as if then it all goes right, away. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant, so brilliant. Um, I also love that scene that's between Andy and April when he goes to her to get 
advice about if he should accept Tom's job offer. Um, I know it plays for comedy, but it's kind of heartwarming that ultimately, you know, April just keeps saying yes to Andy. He says, I, should I take it? Take it. I don't know if I want it. Don't do it. I, what if I want it? She just says yes to him. And I, I think it's quite heartwarming that April's just being supportive and she's letting Andy figure it out. Why can't everyone give advice like that? <laughs> that is one of, I think, uh, one of the all-time great relationships. So, you know, in our in our synopsis, Anne informs Chris that the, you know, the genitals in the picture, the genitals in the picture show symptoms of mumps. Um, she's good. She can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is good. Chris and Ben discover that Joe from the sewage department sent the email and fire him, as they should. And Chris announces Anne's discovery to everyone about the mumps. This prompts male employees to email Anne pictures of their genitals because they are worried that they caught the mumps from Joe. So Chris has Dr. Harris come in to perform tests on everyone. No, I'm perhaps a little prudish, but are people that comfortable sending pictures of their junk? <laughs> like, uh, they are in Pawnee. I guess yeah. they are in Pawnee because her beep, 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 beep. She was getting notification after notification. Or the healthcare system is quite terrible and no one has access to their doctor. Yeah, yeah. Why? Or is it all just their purse? It's a, yeah, it's an yeah. excuse to, to send you yeah, junk to a un- pretty girl. It's deeply yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> it's deeply <laughs> unfortunate. One of my all-time favorite things ever in this episode, in, in any episode, is Sewage Joe's email. Oh, brilliant. Sewage Joe's e- email is stinkmaster69 at alumni Sarah Lawrence College, EDU. Best <laughs> ever. <laughs> and he says he went there because he wanted a small college. Yes. I small, a small college little, experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine him at Sarah Lawrence? Oh, my God. It is funny to think about you know, you never know the history of a person. He has an interest in a small liberal arts college. I don't know what he was doing at that small liberal arts college. Oh, I think I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think he's preparing for this moment in history. Um, yeah. This is the kind of joke that cracks me up. This is the kind of moment also in the writer's room that's so fun mm-hmm. because what seems like a simple throwaway, someone just pitches, this is like an hour. This one thing oh, right sure. here. What? Like, okay, where, what, what kind of an email should he have? Yeah. What is his name? What did he choose his name to be? Okay, we're going to have it be a college, a university. What's the funniest college? Someone pitches something, people crack up. Let's say it's Tufts or whatever. It goes in. Someone pitches a new thing. And it, you keep finding the funniest thing. Um, and I think this is it. That's it. How do you find um, uh, my, by the time this comes out, my new Netflix series will be out, Unstable. Mm. And there's a, there's a very similar moment we had in the writer's room where my character has to talk a, about a, a movie that he can't believe that someone hasn't seen. And so it's like, what is the most obscure, ridiculous, lame, but also a movie that some people think is great? And like, you pitch that stuff and you make yourself laugh and you go on and on and on. And I was like, like... I can't believe you haven't seen War Horse <laughs> or like, or like, yes, do, do, yes. and I love, I love pitching and, and I could, I could work on, on, on Sewage Joe's email forever. By the way, we decided, um, the movie we decided on was August Osage County. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Which made that's... me laugh. <laughs> that's right. I, I, so I, obscure. John Wells movie. My wife actually worked on that movie. That's incredible. August Osage. Well, we, we, we make a lot of fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Um, 
It, it's an it's an incredible joke. The hyper specific hyper specific yes, the, jokes are the ones that take time. That's what it is. It's so specific. Yes. Yes. Have we hit it? Have we hit it? We finally got it. And so in the writers' room, when this comes up, and whoever pitches Sarah Lawrence, are you guys like, well, that's it. There's there's no more need to pitch. We're done. There, nothing can be better than that. Well, it must be with August O'Chase County. At some point, you find the thing that either people all agree you, this is the one, or there's this satisfying feeling in writing that you're mm-hmm. like, I just, in a gut, I know that's it, and we're ready to move on. You don't even have to say it out loud. It's in the script. You see it, and you're like, yes, that's the right one. That's yeah. the right joke. We should move on because we have a lot more episodes yeah. to work on. <laughs> right. Um, and speaking of which, um, I love that Chris can always find a positive spin, right? Even for the mumps. <laughs> um, or, or as Ju- Sue as Joe says about them, someone's got mumps on his lumps. Genius. <laughs> but you, yeah, Chris's character is that eternal, he's, he's, he's much like Leslie, I think he's an eternal, and, and Andy, maybe one of the reasons you like him, he's an eternal optimist, right? He it, And it's, it's just a great, funny move. Like, I think the great comic characters all have a couple things in common, but the number one thing is they have one very specific, very clear worldview. Mm. And and Chris's is positivity. You know, Ron's is, um, you know, individuality, whatever. You know what I mean? Leslie's is can-do enthusiasm. But, it, but like, there's always one you can distill it down to a sentence and that, and in a comedy, they never change mm. that you hammer it and you hammer it and you hammer it in the audience in, in the office. It's, it's that Michael Scott doesn't get it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I love, I love that Chris's positivity. I was skiing this weekend and I was getting on the ski lift. And as I'm pulling away on the ski lift, the, the guy operating the ski lift yells, diabetes, fight it. <laughs> And I was like, that is a Chris Trigger deep dive. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Like, you know, that Chris could get positive about fighting diabetes. It's just, you know, it's really good. And also the way Chris just is so, when he's talking to Anne, I love about testes. Mm, it's mm, just mm. also matter of fact. Oh, testes, and, and, that's and the right. word testes, I don't know. You know how a lot of people hate the word moist. The word testes, I don't know. It, it, it's, an, I don't know. And you're talking to her as if, well, here's what's happening and the testes. And we're going to check this out. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me laugh so much. Anytime you can say the word testes yes. in a comedy, you're you're in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, we have to, have to talk about this very special moment in Jerry Kirkich's life. Oh, yeah. A, a life-altering. Um, a life-altering. And I, I'm pretty Jim sure— and Jerry, for the record. Okay, okay. That's interesting, the way that synergistically it worked out for you. Um, if you're watching on Peacock, uh, 1823, Dr. Harris finishes— with the emphasis on— We are, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we are on, there. <laughs> we're with you. Dr. Harris finishes his assessment of Jerry and gives him a clean bill of health. And then decides to tell us in a talking head, completely breaking his doctor-patient confidentiality. He's so overwhelmed by this fact, he has to tell us. Screw HIPAA laws. That's right. Quote, that man has the largest penis I'd ever seen. Jim, I'm quite confident. I'm quite confident you have Dan Gore to thank for this. 
Um, it's comedic. It's another moment of giving Jerry, no pun intended, a big win to balance out the crap he gets at work. It's like when art and um, and the real life come together. Uh, you think that? I think that's what happened. Yes, I think it's based that on that. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, it is why people have decided that Gail is with me, mm. is with Jerry, mm. um, because he's he's. Taking care of her. He's a big heart. In that department. And um, people, this has gone on forever since the episode came out. But what is frightening, terrifying to me is, from my understanding, they did an alt where the doctor said, that man has the smallest penis I have ever seen. Oh, no. That would have sucked why because they why? Use- it's there's already enough shit for jerry come on <laughs> yeah like, now yeah. you give him the smallest penis this doctor has ever seen it would have given the writers a perfect opportunity to use one of my favorite phrases micro penis micro penis wow. chris traeger would have loved chris traeger would have a, absolutely yes, would have. loved the term it's such a chris traeger <laughs> micro penis yes because it sounds like something he would have made up to describe the thing Right, it That's sounds right. like he in the lexicon he he invented the word micropenis to explain a micropenis. Yeah, this dog has a micropenis. I got a call from uh, Dan Gore. You know, after Parks, he goes, "Hey, listen, we have a, an idea for t- if you do a couple episodes of um, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine." And I, I said, "Dan, you gave me a huge penis. I will do anything you want." So that's right. That's why he did it. He knew one day he needed a favor. Yes. No, but really, seriously, it could have. And I know this is so stupid because who cares? It's just characters. But, you know, people out there, um, I'm very happy they went with that direction rather than the other direction. Like diabetes, um, your diabetes line, this mattered to people, Jim. This this matters to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was thrilled. Well, congrats from all of us. (laughs) Um, Back in our synopsis. If we're okay moving on from this important topic. I, I mean, actually, the more I think about it, I'm getting really You're getting flushed. misty, yeah, that's right. It really was a lovely moment. So back in our synopsis, at Ron's cabin, Leslie and Ron both realize they cannot run away from their problems and return instead to the parks department. Ron tells everyone that Leslie is going to be running for city council and will need an assistant to help her with the extra work. So April suggests Andy, who's hired. Leslie later meets with Ben to break up with him, but to her surprise, the gift she left unwrapped at dinner is a Nope 2012 button. Ben deduced by how Leslie was acting that she was offered to run for elected office. Uh, and I think that she was practicing uh, her uh, ex- her announcement speech in her sleep. And the two break up amicably. She later announces her candidacy for city council. And... Just to launch us into the next episode, Tammy Wan, who we find out is an IRS agent, later meets up with Ron in his office and hands him audit papers. Mm. I mean, that is a jam-packed ending. Yeah, It's launching a new episode for Ron, clearly in an arc with Tammy Wan. It's launching an entire season for Leslie running for office. It pulls on perhaps the greatest relationship on the show, Leslie and Ron. Um, It puts a stutter step into Leslie and Ben's relationship that we got. To, I mean, a lot happens in this last act. Yeah. So do you subscribe as a writer to the notion that every season open, first episode of every new season is almost like a reset or a pilot? Oh, absolutely. You, yeah, you never know who's showing up, right? You never know if someone is starting for the first time. And in a way, you have to 
at some point say we're gonna we're we're gonna do the stories that we're committed to, but you kind of have to tell everyone who the characters are again, right? Yep. You have to reset. Even people yep. who haven't watched it for a few months, you have to say these are the character. This is a character comedy. The reason you love what they do is because you love these characters. So we're gonna give you some of the best, most fun storylines for them or launch them into a whole season so that you fall in love with them again. And that happens, I think, for pretty much every single character in this episode. Yeah. By the way, we're, um, a lot of talk about Ben um, and the great Adam Scott. Are you guys, are you guys been following Adam Scott's red carpet game recently? Are you talking about his fashion attire? Because it's yes, I am. incredible. He is next level right now. Um, l- dear listener, <laughs> I urge you to Google uh, Adam Scott red carpet. Because he is, first of all, he's on a lot of red carpets right now. And he is just next level. Next, his bolo tie game mm. at, I want to say he was at the CMA's Country Music something. Or the Critics' Choice Awards, I think, perhaps. Critics' Choice Awards, yes. Bolo tie. I mean, not since Bruce Springsteen in the Tunnel of Love mm. era have I wow. seen the kind of bolo work <laughs> that's going on. It's so good. I have to tell you, I, I Rob, I'm... One hundred percent on the same page with you. I saw that bolo. Tie. I seen. I've seen him. I think he's killing it. That bolo tie. There are moments when you see fashion and it's pulled off so well, and you think, "I can do that too," and then you do, and, and you, you realize you, you can't. I cannot. Yes, but Adam right. kills it. He's the man. God, it's almost. I'm almost sad for myself right now. I have seen him on these things. I've seen him at all these award shows. I never noticed. I'm like That's that okay. idiot. I'm, I really am. I'm like that idiot. I go to some sort of an event. I have my one, one black tux. I have my one. I have my one basic of everything, and then that's what I do. It's sad. It's I actually sad. think that's, Listen, that's not necessarily. That's great. I think that's it's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing because, um, you know, when in doubt, you just got to ask yourself: Have you ever seen Cary Grant in it? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And if the answer wow. is, and, and and you go with that answer, I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah, that's valid. We love our Adam Scott. You know, there's that great moment. <laughs> we do love Adam Scott. He's incredible. And he gets this these great moments with Leslie in this episode. Um, it's sad, you know, when uh, uh, when they decide to break up, when they decide to yeah. say, your your dreams, my job, all this is is more... Not more important, but it has equal weight than our relationship. Um, his gift to Leslie, it's its crushing, right? As it is sweet. Um, he doesn't want to stand in the way of her dream, even if he gets crushed by it emotionally. I think it's a really lovely character choice. And that continues throughout the series with those two. They both yeah. make big concessions for each other. That's right. Really That's big right. concessions. Yeah, I think they're just the sweetest damn couple. I, I love them. And speaking of another great couple, the couple that never was and probably for the best, but Leslie and Ron, that scene between them, besides having a really great joke <laughs> where uh, Ron's talking about his toes, that he has nine toes, and Leslie says, you only have nine toes? Or he lost a toe, right? And he says, you only have nine toes? And he says, I have the toes I have. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> he admit, he's, he, I think he's sad and, or mad that he admitted the fact that... The, he only has nine toes. He's like, let's move on from my personal yeah. and information. Was, you know, him, his brother, someone shot it off, and yeah, they yeah, didn't pay yeah. much attention to it, and then it fell off. There you go. That's life. I just really love the two of them together in their scenes, especially these moments of heart-to-heart, these moments where they're putting aside everything and just telling the truth that the other character needs. And it's exactly what Leslie needs. It's the you know, the kick in the butt to get back, to get back, pick yourself back up and say, I'm, I'm Leslie Nope. 
right? Yeah. And that's the point of this episode. I'm Leslie Nope. No one's going to tell me how who I can or can't be. I'm Leslie Nope. That's how I'm introducing myself to the world. That's how I'm saying I'm running for uh, city council. And there's some great throwaways, like Nick, Nick, Ron, you know, get confused. You know what I'm talking about. So she's telling him this, and she says, well, I'm thinking of running for city council. And he says, whatever. And she goes, well, who knows if I win? And just, you'll win. You'll win. Just, you'll win. Yeah. Like, he, he just, he's sage. And um, I just I just love their relationship. And the support from the office when she comes back and tells everybody. Yes. It's, it's really nice. You know, also, you know, Tammy won. She's an IRS agent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's kind of the government. It's like the federal government's library. You know, I know there's a Library of Congress. I know we have libraries, but there's something about it, her being an IRS agent that's um, or working for the IRS that's pure genius. I mean, it's not my idea, so I get to say it's pure genius. Do you know whose it was? Do I we, don't remember. I was, I was trying to remember. Um, there were, I mean, there are always a lot of pitches when you bring in a new character. Who are they going to be? Um, but something about um, involved someone going after Ron's money. Mm-hmm. Right about uh, his gold. Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Not only is she an ex, she's a government official, a true enemy of Ron Swanson. It's a really fun episode. It's you know th- these are my final thoughts on this episode. I would say that it's it's a simple A story. Right, the A story is generally in a show like this. It's our main character's Leslie story. The A story of the Office was Michael Scott's. You know, you get Ron out into the woods allowed us to push Tammy one storyline to the next episode. Devote the entire A story to it. And for Leslie's story, the you know the general point of it is that she gets the confidence to make a decision, and the support of her work family once she's made it. Those episodes seem to have busier B and C stories, where it's not really about this, this, the the swings, the curves, the moments for Leslie. She's not trying to save a gazebo, you know, or put on a harvest festival. Her her plot story is quite is actually more emotional in every in every scene, um, and those those episodes seem to have much busier B and C stories to beef it up. And case in point in this one, it's the it's the penis pics, the dick pics yeah. that roped Ben, Chris, and Ann in. It's the Entertainment 720 story that roped Andy, Tom, and April in. And kind of Leslie's a bit adrift in it. And it makes sense for her character. She's making a choice. Um, and so that's my that's that's my thought. I thought it was it was a really, really smart choice. So that now she's gonna announce she's running for city council, and now we're all in. Everyone's all in. What do you think, Jim? What are your thoughts? Uh, I love the episode. Uh, a couple of things I just want to point out that just made me laugh so hard, when, uh, uh, just because we've already gone through the episode. But when when Leslie and Ben are, are sitting down to have their talk at the restaurant, and uh, Leslie goes, I would like a glass of red wine, and I will take the cheapest one you have because I can't tell the difference. That is what I think most people should be saying because yeah. <laughs> I go to dinner with a lot of people and everyone's like, oh, let me have the blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking you couldn't know the difference if they put down two buck chuck. So anyway, that was, I just, I love that moment. And I love when, when uh, near the end and April says to Ron about, do you want me to get a hold of Tammy? And he goes, she'll find me. She has the tracking abilities and the body odor of a bloodhound. <laughs> My God, that's so funny. That is just Very good. so funny. And then, of course, I, you know, we didn't mention Donna much in this episode, but having John Ralphio on one boob and Tom on the other when she puts on that 720 bra oh, yes, or yes, bikini yes. or whatever yeah. the hell that thing was. That's right. Love it, love it. So much going on in this episode. And like you said, it's the first one back of a new season. So they're just creating all sorts of stuff. And I love how everybody, when she makes that announcement, is on board. Everybody's yeah. there. As they are on board for this season of this show yes. with you mm. guys 
you guys steering the ship, man. And uh, I, I think you guys crushed it. I mean, this is, I, I got something I get to listen to and then and then pop in now. That's I'm, I'm, and you, please you guys, pop in. We need you to pop in. Oh, <laughs> I'll be popping. Pop, pop, pop. You know, I, I want to say I don't have an oops moment to call out, but I do want to call out in another segment, gifts, parties, and jobs, that Tom gifts gives gifts to Andy, as we see in that scene. Ben gives his gift to Leslie. Tom offers a job to Andy. Andy gets a new job working as Leslie's assistant. And of course, the ultimate new job, Leslie declaring her run for office to get a new job. Oh. Jam-packed gifts, parties, and jobs. Um, you know, Rob, you're here with us. We got to do a town hall together. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Where would you like to set this one? Um, town Hall, we're going to set... The, oh, oh, we're going to set it at the uh, what, the mapping system room. What, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That room? The CIS something, the yes. G, yeah, the geographic... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, well, we're going to set it there, everyone. I love it. In that we're going to go into the GIS room. <laughs> <laughs> so today's Town Hall comes from Laura, who says... Do you have anything planned for the new season? Your listeners miss you almost as much as we miss Lil Sebastian. Oh, maybe a memory. Ooh, nobody, nobody misses anybody like it. people miss little yeah, Sebastian. Nobody. She says, hope to hear from you soon with three exclamation points. I mean, we, well, we just talked about what do we have planned for the season? Well, this is a big plan. This is a big plan. This is, I mean, you can't, can it, can, does a plan need to be bigger than, than, than you two, you guys? That's yeah. as big as it gets in my book. Two big guns. Two big guns to the show. Well, they call us, Greg has been here. They call us two guns. Two guns, yes, yes. And as someone would say who will listen, when I use the term big gun, they're going to say, well, Jerry has a big gun. Big heart. He does. Yes, a big heart. He's the rifleman. Yes. He's the rifleman of Pawnee. <laughs> he is. Yeah, I think that's a big change for the season. Yeah. I think a really big change. But I want to tell you, Laura, and everyone listening, we have amazing things planned. We have amazing guests lined up. So many great guests. We have perhaps the one of the great arcs of the series after, after the Harvest Festival arc. We have Leslie City Council run. We have great moments for every character. Um, this is going to be a really fun season. And we're going to have a pop-in, a jiffy pop of Rob Lowe. Um, yep. And we're just so, uh, you know, honored to be taking on this mantle from you, Rob, and uh, we, we so appreciate it. No, you guys are going to be amazing, have been. And uh, this, yeah, this is this is a good season. 
This is a really good season on parks. One of, um, like you said, so much going on and and lots to unpack. I am the, of the mindset, and and you know there'll be the hardcore fans who disagree or disagree. This show just continually got better, and I always I credit that with Mike never left us. Uh, Mike Shore, he was with us from beginning to end. A lot of shows once they hit big. People take off to do, you know, other projects. The networks want them to do whatever. We never lost Mike's voice, and uh, I think it's yep. made all the difference. Are we MVPing for this episode? Uh, you know what? We we have to talk about it. We should talk about our most valuable Pawnee. And before we we say goodbye to everyone, Jim, you, I think we all have a. What's hey, our What's your vote? My vote is Jerry's penis. Okay. I had to say oh. that. Yes, he was the MVP of this episode. Do you know what I love about you, Jim? You're humble. Absolutely. <laughs> Remember, I said Jerry's penis. Okay, okay. I'm never going to vote against Jerry's penis. I'm never going to vote against that. There, there we and go. You know what? I'm going to call out Dr. Harris then for okay. calling out yes. Jerry's, pe- Jerry's yeah. penis. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll um, give you that. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, tell people about this episode. Text it to your group chat. Tell people about this series. Give us five-star reviews wherever you're listening. If you're listening on your on, on your phone, on your computer, if you're seeing it sky written in the sky, whatever, however you get your podcasts. Um, thank you, uh, Rob, uh, for being with us and for... Uh, you know, Jim, for us now being together. Uh, thank you to, you know, our great Rob Schulte, our producer, to our engineer, Joe Samuel. Joe. And Rob, can you say it for us? And until next week, goodbye from Pawnee. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.